Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The Big Sky Conference basketball schedule is out, and it is on. They're playing championship-level baseball, and... Some NFL picks against the spread. That and plenty more. It is to tell Nuanas on 1029 ESPN Radio and SWX Montana Television across the great state. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Thursday afternoon. Hope you are having an excellent day. Thanks for letting us ride along with you uh, today, wherever you are, whatever it is that you're up to. We appreciate that. If you would like to listen live on the stream, we can facilitate. 1029ESPN.com. That is the website. You go there whenever you want. You got plenty of stuff to check out one of the things the listen live tab you get in there you jump in the stream it is available all the time thanks to opportunity bank of montana opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity if you'd like to pick up your phone and call that is also a viable option 361 
3688-361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Again, you can text us on that phone line as well, 361-3688. So uh, get in here and uh, and hang out, be a part of the show. We're happy to have you. We're going to start today with the Big Sky Conference schedule. Not so much who it is. By, by the way, basketball. Yes, I should specify there are more than one sport in the, in the Big Sky. Basketball schedule released today. I have not seen anything like this. I didn't know. Usually we get a little rumor swirling around about stuff like this. I was completely caught off guard by what I saw. And yet, I will tell you, I kind of like this. So I will get into this uh, with you, the, uh, the the oddity that is the Big Sky basketball schedule this year for conference play. We also uh, will get into a little bit of Big Sky football and Sac State and why maybe there's been a bit of a delay in releasing a schedule. We've been waiting for a spring football schedule. We'll get into that a little bit. We also have state soccer going around uh, the 406. Touch on that a little bit. Also, the NFL weekend. Normally, it starts on a Thursday. It doesn't now because the Bills, who were scheduled to play a Thursday game, played Tuesday, so they couldn't have a 48-hour turnaround. Not even the NFL would allow, you know, would, would, would force the hand of the teams to do that, so they pushed that back to Monday night. So, no Thursday night football tonight, but we will still do our picks against the spread, but really using that as an inroad to uh, some of the storylines of the weekend uh, that, uh, that will be in the NFL. Next hour, uh, we will do that. We will also bring you the latest installment of Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions, our podcast series commemorating that first national championship for the University of Montana 25 years ago. This week, Dave Guffey, he was the SID, that's Sports Information Director, if you're wondering. Uh, he uh, was the SID for 37 years at the University of Montana, unbelievable, from 1978 through 2015, and that 95 season really right in the middle of his tenure at the University of Montana. But Again, if you're looking for perspective to understand before, during, and after that 95 season, nobody, really, truly nobody better than Dave Guffey for that. So unbelievable stories and uh, and perspective from him. And we will bring you a portion of that uh, of that conversation, of that episode. It is up, though, right now. It is already there for you. So if you want to skip to the end and go, go right for it, feel free. Wherever you get your podcast, you can get the Grizz Grace podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. It'll come right to you, and we appreciate that. Go listen in uh, as you would like to. So there you go. We'll get into all that, a little bit of baseball as well. They're playing baseball in the ALCS. We will have the NLCS for you here on ESPN Radio as soon as we're done here. In fact, first pitch at like 6.08. So right after we're done, we'll, uh, we'll send you down to Arlington, Texas for uh, Dodgers-Braves. What a game that was yesterday. And I must say, to start the show, Coulter, you were right, and I was wrong. I, they had 11 runs in the first inning. It was 15-1, to one, I think, at the end of three. And when we, we le- left the show, I said, they're going to score 23 runs in this game. You said, no, they're going to score 15 runs in this game. I said, you're out of your mind. They're going to they're bring in nobody to pitch. They don't care. This game is over. And they're just going to keep loading up and hitting balls. And guess what? They didn't. They finished with 15 runs. They got them all in three innings and said, thank you very much. Had to have it, by the way, for the Los Angeles Dodgers. You cannot go down, obviously, three games to none, but especially this team with all the expectations, all the talent, all the internal pressure. I think there's a lot of internal pressure for the Los Angeles Dodgers, not to say anything from the you know the the, the, the nation and Dodger nation at large uh, to, uh, to get it done this season. Uh, they had to win that game yesterday, and tell you what, it doesn't hurt when you pop off for eleven in inning number one. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice jump start to have for uh, for your baseball game. And I mentioned this during the show yesterday, and you kind of scoffed at it, but it is such a real thing. Where anybody's ever played baseball, you know that 
things like rhythm, momentum, or not momentum, but being hot. The more fun you're having, the more swag you got, the Mm. better you are at baseball individually Mm. and as a team. Mm. People always talk about team chemistry. It seems so obvious why you need to get along when you're playing basketball. You have to pass the ball to each other. It seems so obvious why you need to get along as a team when you're playing football. You need to be able to willing to sacrifice your body for the guy next to you because so many guys are playing such physical roles within the scope of a team. I think there's been this narrative, especially since this explosion of teams paying so much money for superstar-laden rosters, that chemistry doesn't matter. Every once in a while, you can have a malcontent on your team like Manny Ramirez, and it doesn't hurt your team because Manny Ramirez hits 330. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Manny Ramirez hits 45 home runs. So even if he's being weird over here in the dugout, you're cool with it because he's going to do his job. But by and large, the teams that get along the best are the teams that roll the hardest. That's what was so unfortunate to me to the Houston for the Houston Astros. Take the cheating out of it. They were one of the most fun, exuberant teams to watch. Yes. They had the chemistry that I'm talking about. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is that when you drop 11 in the first inning, then all of a sudden guys start joking in the dugout, kind of joking, like, hey, guys, let's not waste it all for tomorrow. Hey, guys, let's uh, let's keep some momentum here going. You know, let's let's not... Everybody doesn't need to get three hits. And it's tongue-in-cheek, kind of, but everybody kind of believes in the back of their minds, too. And so I'm not surprised that that they, stall, quote-unquote, stalled out at 15 runs. Well, you, but uh, like you said, though, from a perspective of the series, they had to have it. It was a huge performance by the Dodgers. And now you wonder how the Braves react because I think that the Braves absolutely were that team, that really hot, young, fun absolutely. team. Absolutely, yeah. Do they just take it as, hey, guys, we're still in control of the series. We're up 2-1. Or... Man, the juggernaut's coming for us. It's an interesting thing. It is. And uh, what what are they? Who said momentum is only as strong as the, your next starting pitcher? And yeah, I realize yeah, yeah. starting pitching is not the same thing as it once was in terms of you know you, you got to have your stable of, of of lead horses out there to go do it. You can do the bullpen stuff, but basically. They need somebody who's going to, first of all, they do have to start strong on the mound and defensively Atlanta. They can't be letting, you know, if, if, if a couple runs score early in this game for the Dodgers, I think it's it's not going to be easy to overcome that mentally for, for the Braves. So I think they do need a really strong defensive start. And then once they get back into it and play a semi-normal game, I think you start to be like, okay, and remind yourself, hey, we are up 2-1 in this series. You know, it's it's still, still us. But, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Eleven runs with two outs. By the way, 10, 10 of the eleven runs with two outs on the board. It's crazy. No, no question. The other thing that I think is so compelling when you're actually analyzing the roster of the Dodgers is when you have or the true transcendent alpha dog type players. It gives you such a mental edge in baseball series. Albert Pujols ruled that crown for a really long time. Mookie Betts though is so he's so unique. Because he's this uber-confident, power-hitting-yet-base-stealing leadoff hitter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like He can set the tone. That's what's, that's going to be the, the systematic key for the Dodgers for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. What does Mookie Betts do in his first at-bat? Because he can set the tone for the whole game. He did yesterday. Yeah. Rips a double, boom, okay, all of a sudden you're off and running. And he scores twice in the first inning. Yeah. 
by the way, right now in the ALCS, this game has begun. We're just headed into the bottom of the third inning. It is 1-1. Tampa Bay leads the series three games to one. They were up three to none. Houston won barely last night. Was eight. There's a runner on third in a 4-3 ball game with two outs in the ninth, and the uh, the Astros induced a, a fairly long fly out to center field to end that game and finally get on the board in this uh, ALCS, but it is one-one now. Bottom of the third. Now one runner on first base for the uh, for the Astros in the bottom of this inning. So early in this game, we will certainly keep you apprised as it develops. Houston once again. I mean, their their backs are up against the wall for four straight. If they can get that many out of it, uh, they got to get it here in the uh, the second of those potential four games, which is Game Five. Coulter, uh, let's shift into the Big Sky Conference here. It's 2 tell it. Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. The Big Sky uh, men's and women's basketball conference schedule came out. And usually when the conference schedule comes out, we kind of take a look at it, circle some uh, you know games on the list that we think are going to be interesting, that are going to be worth watching. Uh, when this one came out, actually this is, I, I admit this fully, when this came out, I thought the Big Sky Conference managed to have a big unveil of their conference schedule and then completely mess it up. I thought it was to- I thought they sent out a wrong thing <laughs> that was just a complete typo the whole way through like they doubled up everything and then I realized oh no no. This is what it is. This is this is the conference schedule. And it is the makeup of the conference schedule which is which is uh uh unlike anything we've seen before and it is basically as follows. All the teams in the big sky are going to play the same team back-to-back games at the same location. So normally you would have travel partners and you would go on the road. And while you know Montana was playing Eastern Washington, Montana State would be playing Idaho State, and then you would switch. And Montana would play at Idaho State, and Montana State would play at Eastern Washington. Well, that's not what's going to happen this year. When the University of Montana goes to Cheney to play Eastern Washington, for instance, I don't even know if they go to Cheney, but I'm, I'm just saying, they're going to play them on Thursday night. They're going to stay Friday, and they're going to go back in and play them again on Saturday. It's funny that you picked Eastern Washington because that's the actually the only anomalous portion of the schedule besides Montana State. So for the Grizzlies, right. yeah, they, they'll play, be at home. They'll play right. at Eastern and then play Missoula at home because it's a bus trip, right? It's yeah. the same thing with the kids. So that for people that are wondering, and we'll put the whole schedule out there on our websites and all that stuff too. But at Eastern Washington, February eighteenth. Home against Eastern Washington on February 20th. The only other crossover like that is at Montana State January 30th. and the, Or excuse me, uh, home against Montana State January 28th, at Montana State January 30th. So, but other than that, uh, what you're saying is exactly right. You're playing either yeah. at or home against the same opponent twice in one weekend. So, for example, here, the University of Montana, they open on December 3rd, which is a Thursday, at Southern Utah. They play again at Southern Utah on December 5th, on that Saturday night. Then they come back to Missoula, the Grizzlies, and by the way, there's a long layoff in between that third and fifth game. But December 31st, they play Northern Colorado in Missoula. January 2nd, they play Northern Colorado in Missoula. Yeah. And it, it's not too hard to connect the dots to figure out why they're doing this. There's a lot of money that's been lost. So you have a, a much lowered travel expenses. You can just stay in the same town. You're not trying to get everybody here and there. And you have a lot less miles and integrations that are happening in the age of COVID, right? You're not going to nearly as many places. When you're there, you're there, you stay there, you do your three days, and then you go home. And that's that's it. 
and so you're not bouncing all around you know the inner mountain west for the remainder of of the 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 fall and winter during the conference schedule you look at this you go well i've never seen something like this before this is really bizarre and you start to go well does this make sense and you, you for the reasons that i outlined i mean i think it does make sense you know the financial reasons the pandemic reasons but you go from a basketball standpoint what is this and I understand that this isn't normal, and I understand you lose things like the home and home. Like, hey, you got us there, but you got to come back to our place, and then we'll see what happens the second time around. You lose that, okay? That That's not great. But also, there's something to like a, a little bit of a mini series, right? I mean, you get these series in the NBA and, you know, in the playoffs and stuff like that where you got to go play teams multiple times back-to-back and the first night you play them, this goes this way, you make your adjustments and then you see what happens the second time. And I think there's a lot of intrigue here potentially for for teams that go in and you play a close game in, on the first night and you see what adjustments coaches make immediately to try and be ready 48 hours later to play the same team in the same place. So I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that coaches are going to be not thrilled about out of something like this. But I think that just as a fan, I'm not saying it's better. I'm not saying you know that, that I love it or that this is the right way to go or something like that. But I think in this year where everything is different and now heading into 2021, uh, I can see some reasons to think that this is kind of interesting and, and like this to some extent, you know? Well, when you're talking about just the actual tickets for the uh, University of Montana specifically, I think that they got the best draw you could get in the fact that the teams that are coming here this next upcoming basketball mm-hmm. season, if and when it happens, are Northern Colorado, Montana State once, Weber State, Eastern Washington once, and Idaho. If you were to ask Grizz fans, you were to ask the Grizz coaching staff, pick the quote-unquote rivals, the games that are going to put the most butts in the seats, you would list in order Montana State, Eastern Washington, Weber State, Northern Colorado, and Idaho. So from a Grizz perspective, that's money in the bank. When you talk about the Montana State, you talk about the Cats, they they get Southern Utah in Bozeman, Portland State in Bozeman, Montana once, Eastern Washington in Bozeman twice, so that's the one advantage that Montana State has over Montana and then they get to finish their home schedule with Sac State in Bozeman so not a bad draw for the Cats either advantage having Eastern Washington twice disadvantage not having Weber State come to town because that's a a team that people in Montana either side of the rivalry are going to show up for advantage having Portland State come to town certainly disadvantage having to go to Northern Colorado so uh, there is some stuff there you know here's the thing in an 11-team league, with the way that they've decided to do this, with the 20-game schedule and the round-robin, there's no such thing as equity. I've thought that the scheduling the last couple of years has been disastrous. It's been a nightmare. And I think everybody that's on the committee that makes the scheduling will tell you the exact same thing. What were they at last year? They were close to 100 iterations of the schedule before they rolled yeah, the thing like, out. like 91 or something like and that. And because yeah. there's this lone wolf team and because sometimes you have to play these Monday games, then all of a sudden you have these weird situations where you play a Monday game after your rivalry game. And there's never going to be equity in terms of when that happens to happen either because the rivalry between Montana and Montana State is way more fierce than any other rivalry in the league. So... On one hand, the Grizz and Cats can say, 
why the hell do we have to play on Monday after our rivalry game? But other teams could say, well, why do you get special treatment? Because you have a fiercer rivalry than we do. Last year, Portland State, for example, I think they played 11 league games in 31 days, and then they got to play nine in the span of 45, 46 days leading up to the tournament. Right. So it was a distinct uh, lopsided nature to their schedule. This at least evens out that part. You can sit here and argue, okay, well, the Grizz get Northern Colorado at home. The Cats have to go to Northern Colorado. That's still less, uh, if you're talking about inequality, it's more equitable this way than it was last year, ironically. Yeah. Yeah. I still just don't know what I think of this, though, man. I mean, I don't know either. Here's what I think. Usually, if something is completely different than it's ever been before and sort of blindsides you, you go, whoa, okay, this is what it's going to be the immediate reaction is negative. You go, I don't like this. This, you know, what is this? What are they doing with this? And I I got to say, I kind of liked it. Now, the, the thing that I am trying to figure out here is in order to play 20 games and play everybody twice and get the full conference schedule because it has been compressed, uh, you know, the start of the season moved back a little bit. What they did was they took the first conference weekend and moved it way forward. So it is the 3rd and the 5th of December is the first weekend of conference play. But then presumably there's going to be a couple more weeks of non-conference games after that before Christmas break. And then December 31st, which normally signals the start of conference play, is like that last week of December is usually when Big Sky Conference play begins. That that will actually be the second week of conference player, the second matchup. But you have this sort of isolated first weekend that happens right at the beginning of December. And I find that to be odd. And if you're asking me about a team that drew the short end of the stick, Colter, to me, it's Montana State. Because Montana State, everybody, this is 11 weekends of basketball, and but with an open date, essentially a bye week for every team somewhere in here. Okay, so that's where the additional week comes from. Montana State's open week is the first weekend. Yeah. and So if, then they, they, they get extended time to prepare, but they don't get a break anytime there's in the no, middle. There's no break inside of this where if you play the first weekend, you're already getting a break because it's like almost three three and a half weeks to the next conference game. Now, again, like I said, I think there's going to be games after those games that are conference non-conference games, excuse me, in between there. But Montana State's sitting here with open dates on the 3rd and the 5th, and then when things start on the 31st, they, they got no break. They go all the way straight through, whereas the University of Montana, for instance, they sit here, theirs isn't great, but at least they get the the second week of of the of the next season, the third week overall on the seventh and ninth. But a team, for instance, like Idaho State, they got the best situation. They'll play the first five weeks, take a weekend off, and play the next five weeks. You know, and they have it right in the middle and kind of get rested, get right, and uh, and have that open open date. I do like the open weekend because normally teams, what what we had before was you might just have one game on a weekend and then it would be nine games to your next game or that kind of thing. Now it sort of rotates. Now I know that there's teams that are going to be upset because they're going to have to play a team that's coming off a long extended break while they've just been traveling and now they got four days to prepare for this team that's been off for a week and a half. But you know what? Again, like you said, there's not going to be anything like total inequality in this thing, but there seems like this seems like a high 
quantity of equity relative to what we've seen in an unbalanced conference that has 11 members in it and is playing sort of a weird basketball schedule already? It's a little bit different than what I had heard was going to happen as well. I had heard that they were going to do Thursday, Saturday, Monday, with Saturday being double headers Mm. for men and women. But I didn't know how that was going to work. Uh, Particularly, it didn't seem like that was going to be that advantageous to cutting down on the travel and stuff like that. So, I don't know, man. I don't know what I think of this. I I guess I'll settle on this. I think it's going to put the season... How you respond is going to be the primary factor in this season. If you go get drilled by a team, do you make adjustments mm-hmm. and, and get right back at them? Is the second game a fierce contest each time? Or do you just roll over because it's a bad matchup or you know whatever might be going on? That said, I think that the way I'm taking this is, is just wait and see, with the exception of I think that it is just a little bit more equitable, ironically, than it was in the past. I know teams will be able to splice and dice who they got at home and who they don't. But, you know, here's the thing. When we go talk to, to Coach DeCure tomorrow, if this was a situation where the Grizz had to go to Eastern and Weber and Northern Colorado and they didn't get any of those teams at home, I think he would probably have a, a much different perspective than the teams that they're getting in Missoula. And so I, I don't know if that went into it. I don't know if there was any sort of advantage given to the Montana schools because they draw better than most other schools in the program. I don't know. It, just because they need the revenue more. I don't I don't really know because everybody needs revenue at a high level right now. And, and that's the biggest struggle that we're going through in the Big Sky Conference is you could say, okay, give Montana, Montana State more home games because they have to have it for their athletic department revenue. Well, but that doesn't make up for all the revenue you're losing from not playing money games. And that's what so many of the other schools need, but also the Montana schools too. I mean, Danny Sprinkle has pretty good connections. They are playing Washington State. That's one confirmed non-conference game. We'll get more from Coach DeCure for Montana as far as who they are uh, maybe playing, but they did have at least four power fives that were potentially lined up. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but either way, everybody in this league is operating on shoestring budgets. Everybody needs some money, and so... Losing out on the money, that's that's a bummer. But to me, I think that it's a wait and see. It could be just fine. It's going to be different than usual. It could be compelling. I don't really know what it will be like from a competitive standpoint, but I do think it's slightly more equitable than what it was in the past. Um, Just for what it's worth right now, go to your calendar and block out the last weekend of January because that's the one across the state of Montana that everybody would be looking forward to. January 28th. It's a Thursday. Montana State will be in Missoula playing the Grizzlies. Two days later, Saturday the 30th, Montana will travel to Bozeman to take on Montana State. So uh, going to get back-to-back Cat-Grizz games uh, in uh, in basketball on that week, on that last weekend of January. That will be a ton of fun. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Plenty more on this. As Coulter said, we will be uh, talking with Travis DeCure and uh, a couple of players tomorrow, and we will bring that sound to you as well uh, to uh, react a little bit to the schedule, what they think of it, and, and, and again, trying to find out uh, some non-conference matchups that uh, that maybe we can start looking forward to as well. Take a quick break on the other side. Why have we not gotten a football schedule yet for the spring from the Big Sky Conference? Well, we're starting to find out some information on that. We'll bring that to you right after this. Hey, sports are back. And the Silver Slipper has 55, that's right, 55 televisions for you to watch them all on. So whether it's the NFL, college football, 
baseball's postseason, whatever you like, the Silver Slipper will have it on for you. Drink specials every single day, 20 Keno machines. They got a liquor store, pizza. There is nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team. At the Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty drinks, and their urge to have a good time. And by the way, the card room is back and open. Games nightly at 7 o'clock. Call or text 333-1500. That's 333-1500. Or visit MissoulaPoker.com for more info. Stop by today and see why the Silver Sleeper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. They're across the street from Walmart on Brooks. And check them out on Facebook as well. Find out what the daily drink specials are and get all your up-to-the-minute info. This is the Silver Slipper. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. They've broken the tie in game five of the ALCS. Michael Brantley, two RBI single in the bottom of the third in the Houston Astros, down three games to one, are up three runs to one. As they play now in the top of the fourth inning, the uh, Rays at the dish. Nobody on, one out. Uh, Coulter, we just talked about the basketball schedule for the Big Sky Conference. The Big Sky is also working to put out a spring football schedule. And we thought that this was going to be forthcoming maybe a week or even two ago. And yet we still have not seen it. And you kind of go, well, what's going on? Well, there's been some some changes in what teams are even participating in, uh, if, in a spring season if there turns out to be one. Looks like Sacramento State will not be one of the teams playing football this spring if there is a spring season, which obviously changed how you do scheduling if you got a team that's not there. But talk to us about Sacramento State and why the Hornets have opted out of spring football. This is from head coach Troy Taylor, who was the not only Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year a year ago, but the Eddie Robinson Award winner as the National Coach of the Year. He led Sacramento State to their first Big Sky Conference title in the history of the school, their first FCS playoff appearance, and absolutely it was the best Division One season in the history of Sacramento State in Troy Taylor's first year at the helm. Yep. Coach Taylor said, after thoughtful deliberation, we've determined that it, has, it is in the best interest of both our student-athletes and our football program to opt out of possible spring season our concern regarding the effects of a short turnaround and recovery time from a spring season to the fall season, in our opinion, were too big of a health risk. Obviously, we're disappointed to not be having a football season this year, but we were already striving and preparing for the 2021 fall season. If and when some, the majority of, or all, of the rest of the Big Sky coaches get a chance to opine on this. If they say the exact same thing, I will be 0% surprised. Well, they have said that. I mean, they've all said, all the coaches we've talked to have basically said this exact thing without the definitive statement of we're not playing, which is not necessarily, I mean, to some extent it's in the coach's control, uh, but not exclusively so. Uh, but, I mean, they they have, Coach Choate, Coach Houck, 
have both talked about what they consider to be the the, the maybe risk or uh, worry, certainly, of playing in the spring and then attempting to turn around, prepare, and be ready to go in the fall again. And that they think that's uh, going to be a very difficult challenge and not maybe even really possible to do. The dominoes of this falling are going to be exhausting because I think that there's three camps that you can be in. I think you could be on the, the camp that Sacramento State's in on the forefront, get out ahead of it, say we're, we are not going to play this season. We are one of the schools opting out. As of today, there are seven schools that have opted out at the FCS out of 121. So that's basically a ticker that's now going to start being counted. The closer that we get to 62 schools opting out, the closer we get to it doesn't matter who opts in because if you don't have 50% of the division willing to play, the playoff will not exist, and then therefore it would be very tenuous at best to have some sort of a season. But I think you're going to be in the camp of Sac State where you're ahead of it. You're going to be a camp where you're kind of in wait-and-see mode, but then depending on what happens, maybe you jump into the boat or you're just in the camp where you're going to stay ready and whatever happens, happens. You don't want to be the one that topples uh, the ratio one way or the other. If you play, you play. If you don't, you don't. And that's where like the the public relations side of this thing comes in, right? Because they're, I think that the more passionate you have of fan bases, the more adamant they're going to be that we want football, we want football. That said, what's the validity of this? What's the quality of the football going to be? What do you think from a Montana and Montana State perspective on this? What did you tell me is the only thing that we've heard Coach Bobby Houck and Jeff Choate both say consistently over time? The only way to get better at playing football is playing football. If there's a spring season and they can do it, I think they'll play. I do. I, so that's that's what I'm getting at is that I think that I think that Montana and Montana State will both be in the third camp. Mm-hmm. Right. It, they're, they're not going to be a part of a we're not going to play or we're going to play announcement. They are going to wait and see. And if there's football to be played, they'll do it. And if right. there's not, they won't. And and by the way, on Tuesday, Bobby Howe himself said exactly that. Yeah. He said, you know, I, I don't – when you asked him, are is really everything you're doing just preparing for the fall of 2021? And he said, no, it's preparing for whenever we're playing next. And whatever that is, we're going to go play to win, you know? And I, I do think, I think that in the mind of both coaches in the state of Montana, that playing in the spring is the best form of preparation for playing in the fall, provided there's enough space after to actually get ready the way you need to do physically with the rest and then the, the re-engagement of the body and then into a camp and then into a, a season. The ideal situation here, honestly, would be if <laughs> if the charter the remaining charter members of the Big Sky Conference minus NAU were to play like a six-game round robin between the seven of them, with no intention of playing in any sort of national playoff, no intention of playing anybody outside of their region, and it was used strictly as a Big Sky Conference battle royale. Let's get it over in mid-April and be done. And be done. Mm-hmm. that, Or even push it back. I mean, so say that the playoffs is not a thing because too many teams opt out. Then I'm, I have so many questions here. I want to ask so many, some of these questions. Well, ask me because I know all the answers to these questions. <laughs> well, I... 
I don't if, think if there's no if there's no back. if there's no FCS playoff to be held though. So then why not just start your if you're just going to play a, a six game round robin with Idaho Idaho State Montana Montana State Weber State, you know those schools the Rocky Mountain Big Sky schools. Then why not just wait until mid March? Well, early April. The, the reason is is because and, and this is maybe a question that we need to ask one of the coaches, but the whole point, the whole worry is that there isn't enough time when the season gets over right. to be ready for 2021. I think that worry would dissipate quite a bit, though, if you knew that you weren't competing for a playoff because you wouldn't put anybody that's of consequence for the fall in harm's way in the spring, except for maybe some fringe reps, right? So, but Okay, but you're talking now about then just playing a bunch of sophomores or whatever. Right, right. And doing which you could do anyways, even if there is a national championship. True, and likely you wouldn't then be competing for a national championship ultimately, even if it was there on the docket, right? And but but I would like to know from you know these coaches in the cycle because you know you sit here and you go, well, you know they're playing every week, so they need a week to recover, and they're ready to go the next week. Well, that is not that's not accurate. Over the course of a season, where you start and where you finish physically, you are much less physically at the end of a football season than you were at the beginning of it it takes its toll and you need a long period of rest to then re-engage in a season like that again and what i what i'm interested in though is is how much do you need because because i don't know the answer and certainly it's different for from player to player but just generally speaking as a team like how much time off of, of true rest and rehabilitation and then back into the weight room to start to build the body back up again before you hit, you know, the dog days of, of fall camp in August and, and two-a-days and running and, and conditioning and doing all that stuff to get yourself absolutely primed and ready to go. Um, you can't just jump and take a week off after a season and then get back into the weight room and start going for it. You you have to work out the recovery over time. Uh, but I don't know what that time frame is. I really don't. And so, uh, you know, that's something that, that we, we should ask and find out about. But I do think that that is the thing that they find most tenuous in all of this is the distance between your last game of the spring, whenever that would be, and, your, and September of 2021. In terms of the numbers and the counter for teams that have opted out, uh, you have to imagine it's not 121. In fact, it's 111 because the Ivy League's not going to doesn't count again because they're not participating in the playoffs. Right. So you remove them from the scenario right away. You do have a chance to bolster the ranks because you have several conferences that have the ability to earn auto bids to the playoffs in this new one of a kind, one time only format. It just still remains to be seen who opts in and who opts out. I think that's going to be the tipping point. That's where that's where we're going to get down to it. Is if you have a couple different full conferences, say we're not doing this, that could be the domino that gets it rolling downhill. Well, we will uh, find out in due course, I, I suppose. It's two tell Nuanas, one hundred two ninety ESPN Radio. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, the state double A soccer tournament is off and running. We'll give you an update of what it looks like after round number one headed into a weekend of quarterfinal action next. 
Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Daryl Morey stepping down as the GM of the Rockets. Tyron Lue stepping up as the head coach of the LA Clippers. Le'Veon Bell Want to be a chief. Other than that, not much going on in the sports world. It's two tell new honors, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. How we doing out there? At Gus Tutel on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT or relevant Twitter handles. You can go check those out. You can also check us out on YouTube if you're so inclined. I would uh, encourage you to do that. I'm wearing my best shirt from the person who knows shirts, Colton Nuanas. Thanks, Gus. Thank you. Uh, Coulter, let's talk a little bit of uh, soccer here, and then the next hour we'll get into some of this national stuff. But, uh, yeah, breaking now, Shefty getting out there with a little Le'Veon Bell expected to sign with the Chiefs. Uh, the, the rumors swirling today were Chiefs, Bills, or Dolphins. And if you got to pick one and you're a running back, Chiefs is the right answer. So, uh, congratulations to Le'Veon. I'll tell you what, I mean, not a bad 48 hours for Le'Veon Bell. You retweet or subtweet people saying that you're being used incorrectly in the office. You do not speak to Adam Gase. You get out of the worst situation in North American professional sports at this very moment. (laughs) And now you're headed for a Super Bowl run. (laughs) Quite a thing. Pretty good. All he had to do was throw a fit for three years, and he finally ended up on a contender. You know how many games he played for the Jets? Like five? 17. 17 games. Man. Is he washed? No. He's not? No. He's not even close to a top-ten running back, though, like he was when he was in Pittsburgh. No. I mean, yeah, yeah, but but here's the thing. We, We have no idea what he is compared to what he was in Pittsburgh because he's never been in a place where he could be anything. Like, it's just... He he might be the exact if he goes to if he goes to Kansas City and he's going to back up Clyde Edwards Hilaire right I mean we 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 know that but the idea from the start was to have rotating you know running back thing and Damian Williams opts out of this season before the year for Kansas City and that that was a big hit to the Chiefs frankly I mean I think that they were planning to do if not a fifty fifty split a sixty forty split at running back. You know, maybe 65-35. Well, now they got a guy they can certainly do that with and feel good about it. Because the the drop-off from 
Clyde Edwards-Alaire to whoever would be next of a couple three guys on, on the Chiefs team, it's significant. It's just clear how much better he is than than they are. Uh, but what I think will be, here's what I expect. I think that Le'Veon Bell is going to look a lot closer to the Pittsburgh version than the Jets version. And this will be a great, uh, uh, an increasing and continuing indictment on the New York Jets. But also broadly, to me, it will be a statement that we want to sit here and go, well, this guy's no good. This player's no good. And you know what? Some cases, they aren't. But in a lot of cases, they are. And they're in a place that you can't be good at. You know, that's a real thing. And right now, Absolutely that is. whirlpool is the New York Jets. Yeah, no, no question. We'll get into more football stuff in the next hour, pick some games. We'll talk more about that and what we think the uh, the upshot of this news is. But we are in state tournament time right now, Coulter. Class, First one in a long class time. Class AA. Yeah, we had, we had a little bit of golf, games. right? We had a golf tournament. But uh, state AA uh, soccer tournaments, boys and girls going on across the state. And... The Missoula Sentinel girls soccer team beat Big Sky in the first round of the Class AA state soccer tournament yesterday. one nothing in extra time. I mean, they battled the zeros the whole way through. And then Audrey McElmurray, the name rings a bell. It should, people. She got some sisters that are pretty good, too. And some parents that were pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, anyhow, congratulations to uh, Sentinel. But she, anyway, Audrey McElmurray, game winner in extra time to uh, send Sentinel through to the second round of this tournament. Yeah, that was the most recent result. We gave you all the rest of the scores yesterday, but a huge goal by Audrey McElmurray. I'm sure that was a thrill for her to be able to nail that thing and, and uh, advance in the state Get tournament. Win, yeah. It's big time. Uh, you mentioned her family. I mean, her dad, Blaine McElmurray, played for the Montana Grizzlies. Got a Grizz Greats episode with him up, so go check that out. And Ashley's their older sister. She runs track at University of Nebraska right now. So uh, good good athletic lineage in the McElmurray family. But I'll give you just a rundown of what's going to happen this weekend. Friday and Saturday are when the quarterfinals are going to be held. And the two Friday games for the girls' tournament, uh, Gallatin is playing at Helena High. That's at noon on Friday. And then Missoula Hellgate playing at Billings West. That's 5 p.m. on Friday. And then Saturday, Billings Skyview versus Kalispell Glacier at 1 p.m. And then Missoula Sentinel, they head to Bozeman. Uh, at, and that game kick, that match kicks at 2 p.m. Boys side, Sentinel boys also advanced yesterday. They had a big win, 6-0 over Butte. So that was the uh, most recent result from the boys' tournament. So from the Missoula side, things have got Missoula Hellgate, Missoula Sentinel into the quarterfinals. Quarterfinal matchups are as follows on Friday. you got Missoula Sentinel at Billings Senior. You have Helena High at Bozeman. And then on Saturday, you got Billings Skyview at Missoula Hellgate and Billings West at Kalispell Glacier. So a lot of cross-state trips. You're talking Billings to Missoula, Billings to Kalispell, Missoula to Billings, and Helena to Bozeman is the only the relatively short trip. So <laughs> a lot of driving to be had on, on the boys' side um, of things, too. I, I, I would like to point out, though, too, the, the, the 6 nothing win for Sentinel over Butte. We've talked about Hellgate quite a lot, and rightfully so. I mean, they 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 won ten nothing in their first first round game. They're you know multi multi time state champions and undefeated uh, this season, but they had one tie, and that one tie was to Sentinel, who's got also a very good soccer team this year. And I mean, putting it on Butte six nothing the first round, impressive. And uh, if those two 
end up meeting in this postseason. I think that's going to be a great game. You talk about everything there, right? The 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 one team you didn't beat if you're Hellgate, the cross town aspect of this, and uh, and and what will then be on the line, obviously in a state tournament setting. So uh, that that would be a game I would be very excited to see come to fruition. The opposite side of the bracket, so they'd have to have it in the championship. Yeah, that to have a little settled would have to first get past Blake Senior, who's really good, and then they'd have to get past likely Bozeman. The uh, Hellgate's the favorite on the boys' side, of course, as they have been for half a dozen years now. But um, Bozeman Building Senior have been really good. They've been dueling it out for top honors in the East. So that'll be interesting to see how that all goes down too. But Sentinel at Senior, that's a match to watch because the Spartans, they have some momentum coming into this thing as well, and they do have some talent. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out if anybody can uh, derail the collision course of Bozeman and Hellgate, which seems to be just stamp it in the boys' championship every single year or or not. Maybe we'll have uh, a few upsets. And, and on, on the girls' side of things, I think it's a little bit more wide open. I think that you have several different teams that could make a run Helena High is, is strong. This year, Bozeman's always good. Billings West is good. But Hellgate Sentinel are both pretty talented as well. So um, I, I think that the girls' tournament is a li- little bit less predictable. I think that it's uh, kind of collision course on the yeah. boys' side and, and maybe uh, could be more of a free-for-all on the girls' side. Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Quick update for you. Azaranza. Home run. Bottom four. For the Tampa Bay Rays, it is now a three-two ball game. Uh, excuse me, top of the in the top of the fifth, he hit the home run uh, to make it a three-two ball game. Houston, the home team in this in this particular game, uh, the last home game for uh, for Houston, which essentially I think only means that you bat last, right? That's the only actual difference. Do they switch dugouts? Like they can't be switching dugouts, right? Know. That's like a COVID so. thing. They got to stay in the same dugout. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, Azarania hitting a, a home run, another solo shot, so two solo homers for the Rays. They are down now one run, 3-2 as they play in the fifth inning. Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Hour number one of the books, hour two straight ahead. NFL picks against the spread and also bottom of the hour, Dave Guffey, the latest installment of Grizz Grace. We'll bring it to you. All that, hour number two next. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 